In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Mysticism. Nicole here. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. Hi, Psychic listeners. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. This episode, we have back on Lauren Drake. And if you are not familiar with Lauren, she was on episode 119, Numerology, where we talked about the basics of numerology and her whole story and what brought her to numerology and how she practices it today. So if you haven't listened to that episode, recommend that you go back and listen to that because that'll give you a really good foundation of what we're going to be talking about today in this bonus episode. And in this bonus episode, it's going to cover a bunch of different things. But just to give you a quick highlight, we're going to discuss karmic debt numbers and how karmic debt numbers impact your core numbers, reasons why someone or some of you may not necessarily identify with your life path number and much more. But welcome back to the show, Lauren. Thank you so much, Nicole. I'm so thrilled to be back. Yes, excited to dive in more to this. I got a lot of questions. I'm sure you probably have too. Since last time we talked and so many people were fascinated by numerology, how simple it could be, but then also how complex it could be. And I think covering the additional things that we didn't have a chance to get to last time is a really awesome way to kind of kickstart us off here. So what is karmic debt numbers? All right. Yeah, let's get right into it. So karmic debt number. So let's first talk about what is karma, right? I'm sure a lot of people have heard about like, oh, there's good karma, bad karma, things like that. I kind of want to start right there and say like, first of all, there's really no good or bad karma. Really, it's more like degrees of karma, I guess, like depending on, you know, the actions put forward based on the ego. So that really what karma is related to the, the universal law of cause and effect, right? So karma creates these energetic entanglements So from previous lifetimes by someone maybe acting out of ego rather than unconditional love, right? And so because of that, they're trying to, we're coming into this lifetime to balance any energies that maybe have caused wounding to anyone else in the past, or even within ourselves as well. We're coming back to learn these lessons. 
And first of all, like really knowing your karma, it's extremely validating when you hear about your karma and it gives you acceptance into just to have the knowledge of the challenges in your life. And once you're able to accept it, you can really learn to push through it, right? And then learn to live on the light side of the number because no one is ever, we don't need to identify with our karmic debt numbers. It's just like, okay, we have a little bit more of a challenge. We're starting a little bit behind the starting line, but that's really our soul's chance to balance those energies. So I really like to think that there is a gift in the karmic debt numbers because someone experiencing karmic debt, you're, you experience the, sometimes the darkest, hardest, most difficult expressions of the number. And then once you're really able to transcend that, that karmic loop and really learn the lessons, like, like I said, through unconditional love, then you really experience the energy of that number at its highest vibration and really being able to fully appreciate the beauty in it. And also, I, I like to say, too, when, whenever I see someone that has karmic debt numbers in their chart, either just one or even multiple ones, I really think it speaks to the tenacity of someone's soul coming into this life. And if they have quite a few, it's like, okay, this person really wanted to deal with all these challenges, like in this lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than spread it out between multiple lifetimes. It's like, let's just, I'm here. I want to deal with it. And, and balance the energy. Yeah. And I do want to, I don't want to derail the conversation, but I do want to take a little bit of time to talk about karma because it's not one of my favorite topics. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think, um, and also just the word lesson, which I've shared on the show before, but I kind of, I don't want to like get around it necessarily because I do recognize that there is karma, right? Karma, karma is energy in, energy out. And how you just had mentioned it beautifully is that there are still things or experiences that we intend to have these experiences and to evolve in our soul's growth. And without them, we're not going to be able to necessarily get to that quote unquote level or that next evolution of our soul's growth. But I guess um, one of the things that I'm just feeling kind of led to share with, with karma is this is a tool with the numerology to help you understand that. You know, sometimes when people come to me in sessions, they say, well, I feel blocked or I'm having these obstacles or why do I keep experiencing X, Y, and Z over and over again? Is it because of my karma? So there's that. But then there's also what you're talking about, which, you know, it sounds like this is almost like a blueprint of sorts <laughs> or forecast to be able to say, what are those numbers that resonate? And then how, how you can maybe kind of start to see those patterns. Exactly. Yes, exactly. That's why I like to see it. And is numerology is definitely a tool to be able to do that. I always like to clarify to people like, you don't, with numerology, you don't want to bet everything in it, right? You're still, your intuition is always number one, right? And a lot of times people will, when I tell them, like I, you know, explain the karmic debt numbers and they're like, yeah, I feel this in my life. And it's just validating in that way. And it's usually something people already know. They already realize this, but then it's like, oh, okay. I can see, you know, now I understand why I have such a challenge around it. So let's get into what the karmic debt numbers are, right? So there are four karmic debt numbers. We've got 13, 14, 16, and 19. So if you notice, all of these have the first digit one in them, right? And I mentioned earlier about karma is you're, you know, someone acting out of ego, right? Rather than unconditional love. And that's really where that one is being pulled in into that number because you can look at a karmic debt number and Yes, it has that root number. So like, say for the 13, um, it's actually a 13, four, right? And so there's that root number four, that that's the lesson that's trying to be learned and honed. But looking at the double digit that comes before it can really give you an understanding of what, like what was imbalanced in the previous lifetime. 
And like I said, they all have the one, all related to the ego, maybe being a little bit too selfish, right? Not at like, again, not acting out of unconditional love and just compassion for others. All right. And so I, I think I already said, so I like to th- see of it as not, they're not punishments at all. I don't, I don't like looking at karma as that at all either. And it's just giving your soul a chance to balance out these energies. So let's talk about 13. So with 13, what this, we're looking at the one and the three. So this tells us in a previous or maybe a parallel lifetime, however you believe, you know, in past lives, um, you maybe acted selfishly or childishly, right? There's with that one and then the childish um, side of it is the three energy coming in. And if you recall, I talked about all the the root numbers on our last interview, right? And so the three is the very youthful childlike number. But the 13 is indicating that maybe you didn't take accountability or responsibility for yourself in a previous lifetime. And maybe leaving those um, obligations and responsibilities for other people to take on, like putting more on other people's shoulders rather than dealing with them yourself. So how it can show up now in this lifetime is maybe you're being very restrictive, right? Because the four alone, when in balance, can be very boxed in, right? Can cause restriction in the first place. But then when you add that karmic 13, that like the selfishness, right? That was behind it. You can tend to just really get stuck in a box and really dealing with the same things over and over again, right? Like, like I think you mentioned that you have people that come to you and ask you, why am I dealing with these over and over again? It's yeah, because we're not, you're not thinking creatively to get outside of that issue. And so you're constantly dealing with it and it's, it's going to keep coming back. Right. Until, until we learn those lessons. Yeah. And I was also getting that you think, I love how you say the box and getting out of it creatively. You may also think through things linearly, right? Like there's, there's an mm-hmm. e- or an either, or there's no, there's no other options. There's, there's not necessarily possibilities outside of what you're thinking those answers are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And exactly. And, and the only, like, there's no limitation to any possibility. The only limitation is your own imagination. Right? And that, that's really key for someone that has the 13, four in their chart is to remember that, like, don't, not to resist reality, to understand and accept reality, but also come up with creative solutions. You're never limited. You're never boxed in. That's that's your own self doing that. And what I'm also getting is that, and this is, by the way, this isn't just like a, okay, here's a checkbox. These are the numbers. And then this is what I have to kind of experience or learn. This is energy, right? So when we're talking about experiences that you continue to have, and you're wondering why I thought I quote unquote learned my lesson and then it's coming back. What is it? It goes back to, again, just I'll give an example. Let's say you're constantly in relationships that are not necessarily for your best and highest good or serving you. You're the people that are with you constantly cheat or maybe you do or whatever it is. And you just can't seem to find that, you know, person for you that's, you know, committed and loving you unconditionally. Well, you may think I just need to find a different type of person or personality. I've been going about it the wrong way and everything, or I'm settling or whatever it is. And that is the human brain or the human way of looking at it. When you look at it, energetically, like, okay, how do I change and shift my energy and my perspective and my perception? And I'm open to other possibilities. Then that situation somewhat dissipates and you break down that energy or that obstacle that's holding you back. And so that's what the four, right? Or the 13, I should say, karmically is probably trying to teach you or help you understand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. It's it's trying to help you get a firm foundation. Like remember four, that's what we talked about. It was all about stability and foundation, but having that healthy relationship with self-control and boundaries, 
right? And like I said, and being open to it, being open to all the possibilities. So on, on to number 14. So um, again, let's look at the one and the four, right? So that means that in previous lifetimes, um, you experienced maybe your personal freedoms being restricted, or maybe you didn't fully appreciate the freedom that you have or abuse the freedom. Because 14, again, is the root number five. One plus four is five, right? Five is all about freedom in all ways and communication and expression and, and being social, um, just being completely open. And so how the, and the energy comes across in this lifetime is, again, you may be creating your own limitations in the way it's similar to the 14, but in this way, it's more like literally experiencing, like I said, something that you see as a limitation of not being able to um, try something new or really feel free or like you're doing walking your own path. Um, and it's a lot of around maybe thinking that you should do something or, you know, you must do something rather than really following your own heart and really what you want to do. So again, it's that four energy. It's blocking yourself in rather than living in the free five energy. And so there's another expression as well. So while someone can be very self-restricted with a 14, they could also go the opposite way and really live completely boundless, right? With no regard for obligations, no commitments. And so they're further taking that selfishness and, you know, lack of structure and stability and becoming maybe a little bit reckless or even self-destructive in this lifetime. Um, and that's very much in the shadow side of the five, right? So really the lesson of the, the karmic 14.5 is learning a healthy balance and still having self-discipline, but also enjoying the fun and just enjoying life in general. I, I think I might be that. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I don't know. It's just it, not the destruction and, and that part. But anyway, continue. I do. I am curious. I'm going to ask you later what mine is, but I'm, it's resonating about the freedom part and feeling restricted. Okay. And I think that's because of past life stuff. But yeah. Interesting. It definitely could be. There's other places too that we are going to talk about that could indicate something like that as well. So on to 16. So with the 16, it indicates that in a previous lifetime, you maybe acted out of a selfish behavior and hurt others in relationships. So somebody that you deeply cared for, you weren't compassionate and it was maybe, maybe you just ended things abruptly or, you know, you really didn't take them into account and you just, well, this isn't right for me and I'm just moving on. And so it's really lacking compassion in your relationships. So how it carries forward into this lifetime is you could have this subconscious guilt around the hurt that you inflicted on others from the previous lifetime, which comes across as more of a self-worth issues in your relationships this time, right? Because you hurt someone previously, and now it's a more of a vulnerability that you have and can be an expressed in a fear of abandonment, right? So again, there's two different expressions that this can come out. So someone may really deal with this fear by really distancing themselves from others. So it's like, I don't even want to deal with that, right? So I'd rather keep myself safe and be very guarded. Sometimes they're leaning way too much into that one energy, being a little bit too self-centered and only focused on themselves and pushing other people away. Or they could lean more into the six energy, which is, remember we talked about six in the previous episode. Six is like the nurturer, right? It's extremely compassionate. And But also with the six, you tend to want to take care of others so much to the detriment of ourselves. So they could be leaning into the six and constantly sacrificing their own needs and feelings in order to keep those people close because they have that fear of abandonment. Right? So that's where both of these, 
these numbers, you know, either expression, you need to lean more into the root number seven, right? One plus six is seven. We need to lean more into that and really being wise and true to yourself, but also facing your fears and insecurities in order to really discover who you are as a whole, you know, and not, not have to be worried that, you know, that you're left alone or abandoned, that you're like, you are whole in yourself. Right. So, and then 19, this is the final karmic debt number. So this indicates in a previous lifetime that maybe you allowed your position of power to go to your head, right? Using it to hurt others and your quest to stay on top, right? So this is like a, an abuse of power with this energy. And so how it can come across in this lifetime is you may constantly compare yourself to others, maybe more of an inferiority complex, right? And you, it can come up about two ways, Right. So you may tend to act a little bit more selfishly and manipulate others so that you can feel on top in that way. And it's still continuing that karmic loop of that, you know, the selfish, the one, the 19 energy or how I see a lot of my clients, it it expresses itself in lack of confidence, a lot of self doubt, inferiority complexes. Um, but really this, this karmic energy is really has to do with the self worth. And a lot around the solar plexus, right? And having solar plexus in balance. So you can either be very overactive or underactive in that way. But yeah, I think all of these, I know there's specific lessons in them all, but really they're all related to not acting around the ego and really trying to be in alignment with source, which is the vibration of unconditional love. And and really by following your dharma or your purpose, you'll be in, in doing it unconditionally, right? You'll be in that vibration. And continuing your spiritual practices and a lot of things that you talk about on this podcast and being open to those things and working towards your soul's path could really help you come in alignment and and help you not create any more karma, right? And just, and then help you balance those energetic entanglements that you um, brought with you in this life. And again, and numerology is, it's just a tool that we can use that can help us become aware that these are in our lives. And does everyone have a karmic debt number or is it only certain people? And then how do you determine it? Um, so it depends on your numbers. So we talked about in the last episode about how to calculate your life path number. So if your birthday, your full birthday reduces down to one of these numbers, or if you're literally born on the 13th, 14th, um, 16th, or 19th, um, you'll have some of these energies. And then if they're ever like in your expression number, your soul urge or your personality number. So any of your core numbers, if it calculates down to those numbers, then you'd have that in your life. And it it affects everyone differently. You know, there's no just black and white way to say like, yes, everyone's going to have this expression. And even the impact of it will be different depending on what your core numbers are. And it's actually a good time. It goes right into, you know, where they show up in your chart and how it affects your your life and your expression of the number. So if it is in your life path number, so because we talked about in the last podcast too, your life path number is your most essential number of your core numbers. So because that, this holds your main lessons this lifetime, your deepest emotional temperaments, but your natural dispositions. But because this is your main number, I also mentioned that I call it your heart number because like, I studied that I practice the human body method. So a lot of times I'll say life path or heart number and like that. Um, but if you think of it as your heart number, right? This is where your emotions lie. So if someone has a karmic debt number in their heart, not only do we have a little bit of challenges um, expressed in the way that I just spoke about, but there may be a little bit more of an issue with dealing with your emotions, 
maybe a little bit feeling anxious or defensive, um, but just overall having a difficulty accessing your heart. Or if it's in your expression number or what I call your hands number, and actually as well as your birthday number, because both of these speak to your talents and abilities, um, it may make you feel that you're not able to fully express your talents, right? Or that they're not fully appreciated, or maybe you're not even appreciating them fully. And I, I have a personal connection with this. I have a 14.5 in my expression number. And yeah, I fully felt that growing up, you know, five is, like I said, is about communication, is about expression as well, and being social and, and just living on the light side. So and with being in my talents, I definitely felt that and felt in my um, career, my previous life, my career, that I never really felt like my talents were being appreciated. And even in myself, I didn't. Right. And I always felt like I was holding myself back in that way. And so it can even come across as a social aspect as well. Like growing up as well, I was, I was always the shy kid, right? You know, I was afraid to speak my mind, but inside I had this, all these stories going on in my mind and all kinds of exciting things, but I was afraid to share it. Right. And it wasn't until very recently, you know, in stepping into this career path and really putting myself out there. I was able to break through it and really start feeling the gift that I talked about of the karmic, the karmic lesson of it, and really feeling like how amazing it feels to be on the other side of it. Like, not that it's ever completely going away, but I understand how to work with it and just how what I need to focus more on to be able to bring those talents and express my abilities fully. Yeah. And what you said about understanding to me, understanding something is super empowering. Because then it's it's also respecting that part of yourself and knowing that even like you said, it may not necessarily always go away, but at least you know and understand where it's coming from <laughs> to some extent. Mm-hmm. And then also recognizing it and saying, okay, do I keep this part of myself and or do I lean into it or do I let it go? Or what is it you understand, again, kind of how to take that next step if there is a next step? Exactly. Yeah, it kind of helps you give you a little bit of roadmap mm-hmm. of how to work with it if that's what you want to do. But but it also, like you said, it gives you that acceptance to also be like, well, you know what? Yeah, I guess I have this challenge, but that's part of me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I understand that and I and I love that part of me as well, right? And I understand that's part of my path to work through. So like if somebody's bullheaded or <laughs> direct or sensitive <laughs> or whatever, I always feel like certain traits of that nature or personality aspects are not weaknesses, they're strengths, but those strengths can sometimes also be our weakness, right? And it just is a matter of when do we again when I use the word lean in or the term lean in a lot on the show and that's because it's it's really the acceptance and just embracing that aspect or that part of yourself and what's mm-hmm. what you're experiencing. So I love that. I did have a quick question though, before we move on. Yeah. When you say the numbers 13, 14, 16, and 19, and then they add up to four, five, seven, and um, one, right? Essentially. Is that also the karmic numbers? So when you say if somebody has like the 13, the 14, the 16, 19, or is it also the four, five, seven, and one? So not just the four, five, seven, and one alone. So it would have to have that, the base number of like, someone would have to have like a 19 one in their chart versus having a 10 one, Mm -hmm. you know, having that different, that specific double digit number before it. And it's the day, not the year. Right. The birthday number is the day of your Mm -hmm. birth, right? But then when you calculate your life path number, that takes 
the month, the day, and the year all together and reduces it down. Yeah, I was just trying to, if somebody was listening and they said, okay, you know, just trying to clarify for them how to calculate that then. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. So did, did you cover everything about the karmic debt numbers and how they impact your your core numbers? There's just a couple more real quick ones. Yeah. Um, just the other way it can be if it's in your soul urge number or what I call your head number, right? So those are your belief systems, how you think, um, but your inner desires. So because that's in your, what I call your head number, you're, maybe you feel like you're less able to trust your own judgment and maybe think that you're not able to see things realistically. It can come across in that way. Or then if it's in your personality number or your legs number, you may have more of an issue with your self-worth and become too preoccupied and worried about what other, like how other people perceive you. That can really show up in that way as well. On top of having, say it was a 19-1, which already is related to the self-worth. But then if you put it in the legs, there's even more emphasis on that. And really, like I said, being worried about coming across a perfect way, you know, and, and worried about your self-image. So that was super uh, helpful. Thank you for walking us through all of that. But yeah, let's let's move on to, to that next part. Yeah. So I um, the reason why I want to talk about this is because it's not, you know, it's pretty rare that I do find people that come to me and they're like, you know, yes, this is my life up number, but I'm like, that doesn't really sound like me. Mm-hmm. It's more rare, but there's usually more degrees of it. Will someone be like, yeah, I feel that a little bit, but sometimes people are completely do not identify with it. Mm-hmm. And there's multiple different reasons how this can happen. So first of all, if you have, we already talked about that, if you have a karmic debt number in your life path number, right, that can be a little bit harder to connect to your heart, your inner essence and your emotions, right? And those specific lessons you're here to learn, which sometimes referred to like your purpose or your destiny, or maybe in your core numbers, you may even have like energetically stronger, more dominant numbers in other key locations in your chart. Um, such as like, say, in your expression number, your soul urge number. And those kind of take over and run the show. Like, for example, if you have a two life path number, which is much more gentle and more subdued and more quiet in that way, and say your expression and your soul urge is like an eight and a seven or something. So eight and seven are much more masculine energies. They're more emotionally controlled. They're very focused versus like we talked about the two is very gentle, right? And it's softer. And so those bigger, more masculine energies can take over, especially in our society where, or think of if, say, this was a male with this chart. And then our society tells, a lot of times, unfortunately, tells men they have to be this certain way, right? And um, and the opposite of women, we're told that we have to be these gentle, um, very feminine beings when it's like, well, no, we're all made up of divine masculine and feminine energies, Right. And so we can express them no matter which way. And so someone when they have a chart like that, they may tend to just lean more into those more focused masculine energies rather than what's truly in their heart, which wants compassion and wants to focus on intimacy and relationships. This is also reminding me a little bit of astrology. So, you know, I have a lot of Pisces elements and that's water. 
but it wasn't until I understood my moon and rising and other signs that I realized I had so much Aries in me, which is fire, which also mutes the water. So they would, you know, it says to look up your horoscope and other aspects of those signs. And it's the same thing, I think, with the numbers too. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily all in on just one number. Exactly. There's other things that impact your overall numerological chart, I guess, right? Yes. Yeah. That's a really good example and tied with numerology or I'm sorry, with astrology. Yes, for sure. Okay. So another reason, um, I think I talked about this a little bit on the last podcast. Maybe you have very um, affected or easily influenced numbers, such like threes or fives, which are, you know, not, they're not as strong. They're not, they don't necessarily have such a strong backbone and will kind of take on the energies of others. So maybe you're Others are trying to tell you you should do a certain thing or, you know, or you act a certain way. Um, and so you may tend to lean more into that just because that's, you know, if they have very strong numbers themselves, and especially if there's someone that you you really respect in your life, right? And you kind of may take those on. Or even if someone has a lot of sixes in their chart, I mentioned earlier that the six, they really like to um, keep the balance and harmony in their environments. So they may tend to really keep things bottled up because they don't want to make waves, right? So if it may be easier, they may see like, okay, I, I don't have to rock the boat if I just act this certain way, you know, that other, how other people expect me to, rather than really leaning into what's in their heart. I already talked a lot about, you know, some self-worth issues that can come up, but because of this, it can cause people to um, change their demeanor based on who is around right? They may tend to, you know, flow into these different energies in order because they feel like they have to do that to be accepted. Um, and maybe that's something as as a child, they somehow received those messages, right? That they need to behave a certain way rather than being able to fully express who they are. And so it could be caused if there's um, also disharmony between the combinations of like your personality number and expression number along with your life path and, and soul urge number, so you may end up showing more of that personality side, right? Rather than really embracing and embodying the core essence of your heart number. Um, there's just a couple more here. So there's another way too. If so, if your long-term cycles, we talked a little bit about that in the last episode as well about personal cycles. I think I mentioned we have like there's your forming cycle, your um, manifestation cycle, wisdom cycle throughout your life. But each cycle, not only do you have a cycle number and pinnacle number, but you have a challenge number. So the challenge is what you feel the lack of during that time, where you have a little bit more of friction around that energy. Which is not to be confused with your karmic number. No, yeah, <laughs> Even though it may yeah, feel like a yeah. challenge. A okay, got it. <laughs> right. So if that number, that challenge number is the same, so if it's identical to your life path number, it may make it a little bit harder during that time to find your path, to really access those emotions and really um, to walk, like I said, your individual path towards your destiny. And then finally, this is a, an interesting one um, because it's much more specific to the human body method of numerology. But if you're very spiritually connected and you spend a lot of time in the spiritual realms and you're so you're less grounded, less embodied, you may become more in touch with what we call the spiritual dimension of your chart. So these are the energies beyond the core numbers of your body in this lifetime. There's energies that we can 
calculate from all the other numbers that indicate different experiences of your soul that you have carried for many lifetimes. And they're really these subconscious energies that are coming into your life. But they become more conscious as someone is, like I said, they're more spiritually connected with their soul's evolution. These numbers come out even more. Right. And so if someone's spending a lot of time and, you know, just would like, I just want to be very spiritual. I want to be fully connected to my soul rather than thinking about the lessons they're trying to embody in this lifetime. You may lean more into that spiritual side versus like, you know, like I said, your body numbers and specifically your life path number. I can use this for example. Um, my life path number is a three, right? I've said it's, that's the light, the childlike energy, just kind of trying to be the optimist. Well, my, um, what we call a heart key, which is part of the spiritual dimension, my heart key is a seven, right? The seven and the three are very different. Although they both are um, what we call learning numbers, they, they're very curious and always constantly want to learn more. But the seven is very deep. It's very, um, like I said, it's the observer. It likes to take its time. And so growing up and even, you know, throughout my adult life too, I would feel like constantly pulled between it's like, okay, sometimes I can be very energetic and enthusiastic and fun and social, but other times I can be very introverted and really, um, like I said, just want to ask those deep questions and constantly want to know the answers, which is really the energy of the seven. So that's how a lot of those different energies can come to play in your life and really help shape um, your life path number and all your other core numbers in your chart. That totally makes sense. Totally. <laughs> um, and that's so, I guess I'll talk a little bit more about the spiritual dimension. Yes. So since I mentioned that too. So like I said, this is unique to the human body method. These are the energies that your soul knows very well and has had many lifetimes to master and they carry it forward into this lifetime. And so, like I said, typically they are more subconscious. And as you evolve and learn to go inward more and listen to your intuition and really your own inner knowing, they'll become more conscious. And they really, they really want to be conscious in your life, right? They really want to become active and connected in that way. So it adds a real and add additional depth to your numerology chart. And the more you get in touch with these energies while still keeping in mind, right, we came into this lifetime to live out lessons. So not living too much in the spiritual dimension, but finding that balance. You can find a lot of healing and feel very empowered and obviously gain a deeper connection to your soul and the eternal energy being that we all are. Right. So um, there's three numbers in your spiritual dimension of your chart. There's your heart key, which is, this is the number that describes the energy your soul has really great, like fond, loving experiences with. So in the, we've had many lifetimes really honing this energy and it carries all the positive qualities into this lifetime. So like I mentioned, mine's a seven. So I carry a lot of that energy into this lifetime. So then there's also what we call your soul number. So this is ancient knowledge of the soul. So it's where it's this subconscious inner strength that you have that can really back you up in times of crisis and you're dealing with it. You may find that you're just like, how did I just step up and do that? Like, And that's when you're really calling upon those energies when you're connected to your soul. And again, I'll use myself for an example. My soul, soul number is an eight, which is very different than my body numbers, which is a lot of dominant threes and fives, right? That's a lot of more childlike, just lighter, fun energy in my body numbers. 
but I have very serious soul numbers, right? And so it really helps explain part of what I mentioned in the last podcast about my, you know, previous career working in the food industry and being, you know, in a very high up position, right? That's that kind of eight is that managerial quality. It's about, it's about understanding, you know, how things work in society and a leader and having that strength. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And being a leader, right? So it was like, I was really calling upon those energies at times when I needed it, even though I was like, really had to, <laughs> really had to, because it was like, it was a fight against having those three, five energies, but it, it was always there. And then I would always really surprise myself and be like, how did I handle that? Wow. <laughs> I'm impressed. Right. And it was like, cause I could always call upon that when I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally we have as part of the spiritual dimension, it's what we call a reincarnation wound. This is, it's different than the karmic numbers, although there could technically be a karmic number in this position as well. Um, making it just even a little bit more of a challenge around it. But what the reincarnation wound is, it's, um, it's kind of this, well, it's, it's a wounding of your soul that's carried into this lifetime. So maybe you had, um, past lives that were, had some dramatic experiences, a little bit difficult memories, and they were the same energetic theme that got carried into multiple lifetimes. And if it wasn't, if that karmic loop wasn't broken and, and, you know, and carried further, you bring it into this lifetime as well, but it can help explain a lot of underlying fears or anxieties that you may have. And maybe that you experience at a very young age and you never logically were able to piece things together of where that came from. This can really help explain that and really validate why you feel certain ways um, in order to grow and work with them so that you can break that, you know, karmic entanglement that you're in. And again, I'll, I'll use myself for an example. I have a five here in this, uh, reincarnation wound. And again, that's another restriction of freedom that I felt like. So in previous lifetimes, I, I was constantly held back, like from external forces, not, not as a karmic, like I was creating my own limitations. There really were limitations placed on me and, and freedom related and being able to, you know, choose my own path, or maybe it was physically some kind of imprisonment or something, you know, it could be anything like that. But I really think that that had a play into my life and choosing the path that I did for so long and just, you know, just kind of listening to what, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what fits. I'm, I'm good at this. This is what makes sense. But then when I really stepped out of it. And I, I literally felt when I, um, like I said, I, I felt like I broke this karmic entanglement when I chose to step into my new career path as a numerologist and, and Reiki master. And, um, and just the f- literal freedom I felt when, you know, I gave my notice to my job, even though it was like, it was a, a very good job. Like I knew people probably thought it was crazy to be leaving it. Right. And I, seriously just went outside and cried tears of joy and literally told myself like I've never felt this kind of freedom and then later when I went back and looked at my chart and I was like oh my gosh that was my reincarnation (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and I'm just like wow that's it's so cool to feel that validation and also realize like you can get out Mm -hmm. of it that doesn't mean you have to get stuck in it at all now, quick question for you on the reincarnation piece. Have you done like past life regressions? And so you know that? 
that that also okay because it's it was sounding like you knew a little bit more detail and I think also what's resonating with me through this is when people will come to me in sessions and say I feel like there's something tied to a past life but I'm not exactly sure just what or why maybe you don't have to necessarily do a past life regression or if you do great because I've done them I think that they're fascinating did it more when I was younger But I think it's also too, what you're saying is through the numerology and the numbers, if somebody has that, that also can tell you almost like Cliff Notes versions too, right? You may not have the specific episode or TV show that tells you all the details on a past life, but Mm -hmm. you at least can have that high level view or understanding of how it's impacting you. Yeah, that's a perfect way to say it. And that's really what I I have done past life regressions. And that was kind of key. I knew there was an issue there. I felt it, right? But then also knowing that in my chart. So that's when I went into the regression and, okay, this is what I want to find out. Where is this coming from? And yes, I definitely had things that came up that relate to it. And it helped me really put things into perspective and realize, okay, that was in the past. You know, yes, maybe I'm still feeling energetically the effects of it, but I'm in a totally different time, totally different circumstances, Mm -hmm. especially now with all we call the great awakening, right? Where this is the time for us all to be able to walk our own path. And I really see that as that was part of my soul's plan to say like, okay, I'm going to come into this lifetime to help break that karmic loop because this is the energy that will help enhance that and allow for it. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm going to have to learn what mine is <laughs> in a second. But yeah. uh, one of the things as you were talking to, it's I was very bullheaded as a kid as far as and growing up to just making sure like no one could tell me that I couldn't do something and that I wasn't able to speak my truth or to say certain things or do certain things a certain way. And to the point where I kind of went a little bit extreme in some ways to be like, nope, nope, this is the way. Not because I was trying to, I don't know, um, put myself in that box. It was more, I felt it so strong in my core that that was, like you said, our opportunity to to pave our own path in a way that maybe we were not able to in these past lives, or as you mentioned, parallel lives too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, that could be related to your core numbers. Mm-hmm. You could have True. either ones in there or even the 19 one, mm-hmm. or yes, it could definitely be reincarnation wound. If you felt it at a very young age, then yeah, it could be impacted there. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. All right. What else? All right. Well, I just wanted to talk a little bit, I guess, about, I have some, like a, a workshop that I'm going to start out, which if someone is interested in learning more about the spiritual dimension of their chart, and really how to evolve their soul in that way, using numerology as a tool um, and just kind of as a guide as well. I am going to be in May doing um, a four-week workshop, which also includes a personal numerology reading if you choose to um, join the workshop. Um, But then also we talk about, you know, it's a little bit of um, kind of between energy healing and numerology because we talk a little bit about you know, the energetic intro. So like about, like I said, our eternal spiritual being and and who we are as a soul and how to embrace your spiritual essence. And part of that, by getting the numerology reading, I'll also have all that information. So during the workshop, we can talk specifically around what each person's is, are, their reincarnation wound and, um, you know, the, like I said, the heart key, the soul number, um, so that we can fit, talk about how to heal that and how to really work with those energies and get more in touch with those energies. Um, and even more about how to get more of a heart connection. Because like I said, maybe you're not as connected to your heart because you have 
certain numbers blocking your life path or whatever, all the other causes. We'll talk about different ways to be more connected to your heart and in that soul connection. And then also, because I, you know, I love talking about um, personal cycles, talking more about how to make the most of your personal cycle. So your personal year, your month, and your days. And I, on the previous podcast, I talked a lot about your personal days. And I, I do, I did want to say, I still have that numerology guide for personal days up with a discount if anyone has not yet gotten that. Yeah. Can you repeat that again? And also clarify, because there were some questions that people were like, what? It is a dollar. <laughs> it's a it's dollar and 11 cents now. So, um, but yes, it really is. So if you use the code podcast and that it should, you know, work right up there for you and take all the rest off because it's originally $11, it'll reduce it down to $1 and 11 cents. And the reason why I want to make it so cheap is I want to make it accessible for people to start learning and working with the energies and and I, I take it upon myself as a professional numerologist is like, I need to educate people on it and how they can use this as a tool. So, um, yeah, it's like, it, it was fun for me to create. And, um, I was like, why not? Let me make it really accessible for people. $11 is accessible, but a dollar and 11 cents is even more accessible. <laughs> so we appreciate that. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. Um, I always learn so much when it comes to numerology, talking to you and excited about the workshop that's coming up and how can people reach you? Yeah, definitely. So um, my website is illuminatedlifehealing.com. You can either send me a message there or if you want to like kind of just browse my offerings. Um, I do numer personal numerology readings and also relationship readings and um, personal cycle readings as well. Um, and so you can reach me through there on my website or I'm on Instagram at illuminated underscore life underscore healing. And yeah, I like to share a lot of little tidbits about numerology, making it really really digestible in small amounts and just to start introducing people to numerology. So yeah, some fun stuff there. Um, and also um, if you just have a question and want to email me or anything, uh, my email is just lauren at illuminatedlifehealing.com. Well, thank you. And will you also send me the link to the workshop? Yeah, definitely. Great. And I'll include, again, if anyone hadn't listened to the prior episode with Lauren, that is episode 119, Numerology. Though that information that she just mentioned is also in the show notes, but then we will include them here as well in the show notes and then as well as the workshop link. So uh, thanks again so much for being on, Lauren. Yeah, thank you, Nicole. This is always a privilege. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters.
Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at apsychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win. 